Sure. Uh, so there's kind of two levels to this. So the the smaller, uh, not smaller, but I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> uh, smaller l- level of this is kind of like on an episode to episode basis. Um, so what's been cool is because we do have kind of a, a fairly broad scope across the different societies and journals that we have. We've got obviously the three societies and 13 journals mm-hmm. um, and, and books. Uh, you know, we, we've done ones on like soil horizons in golf courses or mangrove forests or like how mercury gets into perch because of woodland fires. Um, plant blindness was a really fun one. So that was like, not that plants can't see, uh, (laughs) but that we don't actually see plants because we're just like, oh, it's just the background, um, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, with, um, you know, farms is just like, it's a set piece for, for a movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but talking about how, like, that's kind of how we end up with like, how everybody draws a tree is like two sticks with a cloud on it. (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. like, that's because of plant blindness, because we just don't pay attention to like, Oh, not every tree looks like a cloud with legs. Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and in today's episode, we're going to have a conversation with another fellow podcaster. Uh, today with me, I've got Abby, and before we hop into things, I'm going to let her give her own little introduction. So Abby, take it away. Hi, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Super happy to be here. Uh, my name is Abby Morrison. I work for a company called Access. That's the Alliance of Crop, Soil, and Environmental Science Societies, which is why we have an acronym. Um, and we manage three uh, scientific societies, the American Society of Agronomy, Crop Science Society of America, and Soil Science Society of America. So we help them with publications, uh, meetings, membership, kind of everything that you need uh, to keep societies going. Uh, and I work in their publications department where I help authors get through the peer review system. And I also run our podcast, Field Lab Earth, which we've had since 2018, uh, where I get to interview researchers all the time, <laughs> and it's super fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, it sounds like our podcasts have been around for about the same amount of time, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I definitely uh, was was really interested in learning about your podcast. I've listened to a couple episodes now, and um, we'll, we'll go into more of it in just a second, but I, I reached out because I was really interested in the, in the science portion of your podcast. Obviously you explore environmental sciences and, and, you know, environmental sciences actually tend to tie into agriculture quite a bit more than people tend to realize. And so that was a, a big reason that's why I wanted to bring you on here. So I think just going into things, you know, if, if you don't mind, would you be able to break down for us kind of what the, what the primary purpose of your uh, podcast is? Sure. Uh, So our podcast is all about past and present advances in agronomic, crop, soil, and environmental sciences. Um, So a a bit of background on the show. Uh, We, I I basically (laughs) pitched it because I I don't come from an ag background. 
And uh, when I started working here, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, there's a lot of cool stuff that people do that other humans don't know exist as like a, a entire fields of study. Um, and so I was like, hey, um, and I also do a lot of creative writing. So like writers are really close to my heart. And I was just like, I really like want to help these authors get their work out there. Um, as, as an author of any kind, like promoting your work is just a bear. It's so hard to get out there. Um, so one of the big purposes behind this podcast is, um, it, it, there's a few. Uh, so first would be just like helping promote the awesome work that our authors do. Um, and just be like, yay, <laughs> you're doing really cool stuff. Keep going. Um, another would be, uh, to get the like whoever is listening, be that a researcher or a general public, um, whoever to like be aware that this research exists, um, both for on the on the general public side to help them like be aware of, of all the different things that are encompassed in these fields that they may not be aware of or all the cool research like, hey, we're learning to farm on the moon. <laughs> like, did you know that? Because that's a cool thing. Um so, so just things they might not be aware of, but also for researchers to help connect them. Um, so they might find something that's in a completely different scientific discipline than theirs that they're like, oh, that would actually be really helpful. Or maybe I can develop a partnership with this person who's working on something that is uh, related to, to me. Um, so those are kind of some of the basic goals. I had another one and it flew away from my mind. <laughs> so if I remember later... Uh, I'll, I'll share it. And if I don't, then it's a secret for all time. <laughs> awesome. Sounds great. I, I can't tell you how many times this happened to me. It happened to me during, during our recording session. So, um, and for those of you who don't know, you know, Abby and I actually did just record an episode of her podcast. And so you guys will be able to check that out and we'll share all the links and all that kind of stuff, uh, later on. I'm not sure when your episode's going up or, or in relation to mine, but we'll get that all figured out. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds great. It sounds like you're, you're definitely doing a lot of great work in the science community, getting, you know, different researchers connected with each other and finding, you know, information that could definitely help with, um, you know, with their findings. Anyone who's listened to this podcast long term knows that I'm a massive science nerd. And that was actually my origin into agriculture. So it's, it's always nice hearing from other people from the science community and what their, you know, what their roles are and, and how they how they engage with that kind of stuff. So I think that's just awesome. Um, so what, what are, you know, I know that you kind of already broke it down in, in kind of the purpose of your podcast, but what are the main goals for, um, you know, your podcast and also for, for yourself? I, I think a big goal for me is just helping people recognize what all is encompassed in these sciences. Um, and, and also to really celebrate the, the authors and the work that they do to help them feel supported um, and, and also to develop a lot of those, a lot of those cross-disciplinary relationships, which is kind of like a low key goal that we, <laughs> we don't like push it super hard cause it's probably just going to happen organically if it happens at all. Um, but I just think it's, it's cool to like learn about related fields to yours, even if it's not necessarily like super useful and maybe you will find out that it's useful. Cause we have a lot of episodes that are just like, oh, like this, this like cover crops popped up on this episode and like now we're talking about it on a different episode that you wouldn't think are related at all um so i think those are some of the some of the goals is is sharing the science um in a in a way that is um fairly easy for someone who is not like super 
in like ingrained in these fields um that's like a personal goal for me is just making it like at a we, we shoot for like high school level i don't know how well we <laughs> succeed on some of them but we try um so yeah i think those are some of our goals is just communicating the science celebrating the authors and trying to build those relationships across all all different uh sectors awesome yeah that, that sounds very very similar to another podcast I know that's all about you know making connections and you know helping people who don't who don't always uh, understand each other have better conversations and stuff. Um, so, have you seen a lot of you know in, in in your years of of doing this podcast? Have you seen a lot of success with you know being able to make those connections and help people realize more about uh, you know not just about the what science is going on, but how those fields can connect to each other and, and and all those types types of intricate you know topics you guys talk about. Um, I mean, it's hard to quantify. Um, we, we have definitely had occasions, um, well, an occasion (laughs) to be completely honest, uh, where we had someone like email us and be like, Hey, can I like, can you connect me to this guest? Because I'm doing similar research and I want to talk to them. Um, so that was really cool. I think I've seen more like anecdotal, uh, relationships or like social media relationships. (laughs) So like um, anecdotally, like I have some family or f- and, and friends um, that will listen and they're like, oh, wow, like I didn't know that at all. Um, certainly me as someone who's not an ag person, I've <laughs> learned like boatloads of information and have like started to see um, see those things connect Um uh, because it's really like for me, when I started here, I was like, wow, like agriculture is a really complicated ecosystem <laughs> and it's really hard to just like enter it and be like, I understand this entire network <laughs> after like a day. It takes a lot <laughs> to mm-hmm. really get oriented um, to all those different spaces. So th- that's been like a growth factor for me. Um, and I think some for some other people, maybe um, as far as like, on the social media side, I think I've, we've had, um, like guest podcast, uh, chains maybe, or gotten connections there, um, on, on podcasts that are like related content, but not the same content. Um, Mm -hmm. so obviously, uh, your podcast and mine, uh, Planthropology, they're super active on, on Twitter. Um, and then like, it just, turns into a giant podcast delta from there. Um, So those are some examples of um, places where we've seen some of those connections be forged um, more on the anecdotal side. Awesome. Yeah. And you make a really good point. I think it's really, really interesting how some of these fields and, you know, the same even goes for the podcasting aspect of things too how you know how much connection there can be even you know even with like the tiniest level of of things in common you know so like obviously you and i run fairly different podcasts i would say you know they're they're both you know in in a sense about educating people and about you know providing information on things that people tend to not have as much uh, knowledge about um you know and, and they both regard agriculture in a sense you know yours is more about environmental science and mine's more about um industry based you know uh, issues but also you know science is involved in it as well yet you know we're still able, still able to connect and we have common knowledge on on certain aspects and you know the same goes for uh, for the you know the the other podcasts that you had that you had told me about and some of the other ag podcasts that I've interacted with um you know there there's a unique factor of being able to relate to each other Ooh. 
sorry about that. <laughs> um, there's unique, there's unique factor in being able to relate to each other despite the lack of, of things in common in, across a certain, you know, level of, of communication. But I think that's, I think it's really interesting that you've been able to, to see some of those connections happen and, and have some of those great conversations with, with some of those researchers. Um, so you mentioned that you learned quite a bit about, you know, the, the topics that you're talking about on the podcast, uh, since you, since you started and since you joined, uh, would you mind kind of explaining some of the things that you've learned or some of the things that you found interesting about, you know, what you've learned over the years? Sure. Uh, so there's kind of two levels to this. So the, the, smaller, uh, not smaller, but I'm going to stick with it. (laughs) Uh, smaller level of this is kind of like on an episode to episode basis. Um, so what's been cool is because we do have kind of a, a fairly broad scope across the different societies and journals that we have. We've got obviously the three societies and 13 journals, um, and, and books, uh, you know, we, we've done ones on like, soil horizons in golf courses or mangrove forests or like how mercury gets into perch because of woodland fires. Um, Plant blindness was a really fun one. So that was like not that plants can't see, uh, (laughs) but that we don't actually see plants because we're just like, oh, it's just the background, um, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, with, um, you know, farms is just like, it's a set piece for (laughs) for a movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But talking about how, like that's kind of how we end up with like how everybody draws a tree is like two sticks with a cloud on it. They're Mm -hmm. like, that's because of plant blindness because we just don't pay attention to like, (laughs) oh, not every tree looks like a cloud (laughs) with legs. Um, So like that was a really fun one. Um, We've done ones on soil health or like history. We did one on Norman Borlaug recently. That was like super fun. Uh, that was a dream episode. Uh, using using like DIY and open source coding equipment um, to do like plant seed phenotyping, um, which is like phenotyping is like basically like using clues that you can physically see or detect with the senses um, to identify things rather than like genetic material. Um, so those are kind of some of the ones that we've we'll learn on like an episode by episode basis. Um, but I think on like a larger level, something that I, or a higher level maybe, um, that I've learned is just how interconnected everything is. Um, and that can be both within the ag ecosystem. So like, um, you know, food supply chains or how, you know, researchers do stuff at a university, which is then translated into like extension work, which is then communicated out to farmers or the general public and certified crop advisors who are, you know, kind of uh, serving as that bit of a bridge of taking the research to the farmers, like those things, but also just like the world (laughs) as an ecosystem of how, you know, uh, like, the nutrients that are in a plant that get into the soil and vice versa. And then they get into water, which then goes and, you know, or, or other things that are maybe not so good that get into water and cause algal blooms and the great barrier reef to sort of die. (laughs) Um, You know, like all of those things are so connected and, and in ways that I never anticipated or expected. So I think that's been really fun is just to see those larger connections that you wouldn't naturally piece together. Mm. Um, And that's been really rewarding for me. Um, 
I mean, just like generally as a person, the podcast is very uh, rewarding and fun to do, but also just like it's it's like kind of this very like zen, like everybody does matter. Like not that I think that people don't, but like it's cool to see like it just it just like makes me happy to be like, yeah, like it is really important that you're doing each of these episode level uh, pieces of research because it is impacting you know, the, the perch research on mercury is going to affect the soil research, soil health research, and that's going to affect the cover crop research and blah, blah, like so on and so <laughs> forth. Um, but I just really like that. It, it puts me in my happy space. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that sounds awesome. And I mean, that, that mostly does answer another question I had about, you know, why you think what you're doing is important. Um, I'm not sure if you had anything else you wanted to, to add on to that in terms of that, that question. Um, I mean, I think that's like a big part of it, but I think it's also important, um, and I'm sure that you're familiar with this from doing your show, is like, I think it's just really important um, to share like why these things are important to the people that are doing them. And as someone who does science communication um, to whatever level of success that I manage to do it, you know, that's something that we we talk a lot about on the show or podcasts or related podcasts is, you know, how to get the message out there and how to be, you know, that translator and bridge like like you do on your show. Um, but I think it's also important, like it's not just important to get the knowledge out for the sake of the knowledge. But I think for me, it's also been important because, you know, these people are really passionate about what they're doing. And it's easy to be like, oh, well, like sitting around breeding like generation after generation after generation of like apple seeds mm -hmm. or, you know, wheat or whatever, like might not seem important or something that it like um, or, or worse seems, well, maybe not worse than being unimportant, <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, you know, thinking that it's like boring. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, like, yeah, maybe it was it would be considered boring to do wheat breeding. But like Norman Borlaug saved like millions, if not billions of lives by doing mm -hmm. wheat breeding because he was passionate about it. And so I think, you know, as as someone who, like every other human <laughs> that's ever lived, has had cases where like people don't get as jazzed about the things that I get jazzed about. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's nice and lovely <laughs> to be able to provide a, a space for people to to explain like this is why I do what I do this is why it's helping you this is why it could help save a life someday um maybe even your life I don't know <laughs> I mean not you Brendan but right. like you as the universal you right. um you know, but I think that's really important um and especially because they're authors and that's like my my heart song um, is, is for writers really, you know, being able to help them feel supported and, and to feel celebrated for the hard work that they do day in and day out, um, in a lab, in a field, in the woods, <laughs> you know, wherever like crazy location that they're doing egg science, which mm -hmm. for anyone who doesn't know is everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, it's really an honor and a pleasure to be able to, to share that. So I think that's another big reason of why it's important. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. That's awesome. And I think that you definitely illustrate a really good point there in saying that, you know, there's there's this common issue of people see, you know, 
researchers and you know people who who do like out you know outside field work and you know and and that kind of stuff as maybe not the most exciting job because you know like you said they're they're reading books about how to breed apples all day or or they're they're crossing over wheat you know you know wheat all day or or that's that's not something that necessarily pertains to their interests the farmers face the same issue you know people people tend to see farming as a you know as like a retirement based career like that's like that's not a real job or you know people don't see agriculture as something that is a you know not just something that's vital but also something that that's that's important and interesting you know it's something that they have a place in that you know that that not only like it's not just for for retired old dudes who want to sit around and look at cows all day like there's there's a certain level of of you know innovation in, in agriculture that is needed you know there's a the technology portion of it there's the research portion of it the law based stuff the you know the regulations the you know all that kind of stuff is there too and people don't tend to realize that because they have this image in their head that, you know, a farmer is somebody who wears overalls and a straw hat and they have, you know, a piece of wheat sticking out of their mouth and they carry on their porch, their pitchfork and they milk one cow with a pail and, you know, but by hand. And that's just not how agriculture looks anymore. And so that is something that I think that we, you know, we can agree on is that, you know, people's perception of our, you know, shared, uh, uh, conversation piece of you know science and agriculture is something that is kind of misconstrued today in you know in public understanding of things so i think that, you know we, we we definitely share a goal there in trying to get rid of some of that misconception and show people that you know things really can be interesting even if you know even if it doesn't immediately spark your interest if you look a little bit deeper you might find something that, that would surprise you Totally. Yeah. And I would, I would never look at farming as like, that's what I'm going to do when I retire. It's like wake up <laughs> super early and work in the middle of the night and like all of the hard work that goes into that. Like, no right. way. Yeah, no, never. I talk to I've had some people on the podcast that were like, oh, yeah, I, I, I thought about, you know, when I retire, you know, starting certain farming. I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, no, not I, even as a hobby farm. No. I couldn't even do that as like a gardener. Hardly. Oh, no. It's 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 insane levels of dedication. I mean, I, I I have a strong passion for the industry and I don't even think I would make it as a farmer. It's just it's so much. Yeah, but, they're they're incredible. <laughs> I, I yeah. admire them so much. Definitely one of those careers where it's like mad respect, but I will never do that. <laughs> never. <laughs> I just yeah. can't do it. No, exactly. Um, but no, that, that definitely does. It, it does give a, a good segue towards, you know, like you mentioned, when you first got into the, uh, the you know, the, the position you're in, you didn't have quite as, as strong of an understanding of, of how intricate agriculture is, how deeply it's tied into science and technology and, you know, all the things that go on in agriculture, especially in terms of the environmental science aspects of it. So what have you learned about agri-science that, that you found interesting or, or that you thought was, was, you know, kind of unique that, that you hadn't realized before? Sure. Um, so, I mean, I think obviously just like breaking the stereotype of like, oh, farmers are just like out in fields mm -hmm. and that's what they are or, or in a barn, right. um, you know. So I think that was a, a big first step was just um, starting to to recognize that these kinds of sciences, you know, can take place in all of these wild places or like you know, like a lagoon full of oysters, like that's where that science is happening, <laughs> you know, right. or, or the moon, like I said, um, you know, or, or, or a desert, <laughs> like it can really happen like anywhere. Um, so I think that was, was a big thing. Um, seeing how much like tech is involved, which I think I would have like assumed, but just like, didn't really think about. Um, hmm. but I think, um, 
that that's probably a little less surprising than some of the other stuff. Um, but I think, um, give me a second. <laughs> it's still <laughs> there. Um, oh yeah. It's just really complicated. <laughs> I think is what is like, what has really blown me away. Um, which is probably tied in a little bit with like the stereotype of like, well, if you just like are out in a field watering plants and then, like picking them when they're ready. <laughs> like if that's what your understanding of farming is like, yeah, you're not going to think it's super complicated, but you know, like frequently I'll have guests. I mean, for one thing I did, I did one episode on climate change modeling and I have not felt so stupid <laughs> in the longest <laughs> time. I had to go back and forth with this poor guy, um, Budang Kent and I went back and forth with him so often to be like, okay, but like what data is going into what model and what is the historical data doing and how does that work? Like what mo oh, yeah. it was like model inception where just, I felt so dumb. <laughs> and the whole episode was just me like repeating back what he had said to make sure that I understood and then being like, okay, now you can give me like the next portion. So like, obviously there's a lot of just like high level science, but also just the, the um, how complicated it is in that, you know, I frequently have guests where I'm like, yeah, but like, how did you know that that one thing you were researching was the cause? <laughs> like, because um, like we just did one on popcorn and it was talking about um, potentially having like genes that would then uh, make popcorn genetically compatible with field corn, mm. um, like slipping between them. Mm. And... And they were talking about like, so we like planted some popcorn around regular corn to see if they would like breed at all. And I was like, well, how do you know it's not the wind? Or how do you know it's not like the humidity? How do you know it's not this? So like mm -hmm. there's so many like weird checks that they have to do of like going back and forth between, okay, let's try it in a lab where we can really like isolate it and make sure that it mm -hmm. is just this one thing. But then taking that into a field and it's like, well, now yeah, it worked in a lab, but now you're dealing with like the soil nutrients in one field are completely different across the entire field. Like maybe there's more nitrogen in this one spot than you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, or you've got now you have like runoff events that you didn't have to deal with. So it's just so complicated. And then just how much it it crosses from one discipline to another um, and like some of our journals are like, they're, they're nuts. Like we've got a uh, Vato stone journal. Uh, it might be pronounced Vados. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but they're like all about soil physics. And I mm. like, I'm like, I can't even read <laughs> these papers to see if I can interview you. Cause it's just, it's so, it's crazy. Mm. Mad, mad props to those people as well. Um, but yeah, I think how complicated it is, is something that, that, uh, really draws me in. Um, as well as just obviously like the, the cool stuff that they're doing that you would never guess would be related. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely really interesting stuff. And I mean, you, you, you made a really, really good point there, which is something that I've tried to touch on a little bit on the podcast, but I haven't had a really good opportunity yet that it's agriculture is such a, it's such an unpredictable uh, what's what I'm looking for enterprise really, because, you know, like from, from the business perspective, it's probably one of the 
least predictable business operations you can run just because you're you're basing off of the environment and the environment's constantly changing and it's constantly, you know, like there's things you, you can't account for, like you mentioned wind and, and, you know, soil composition and there's, you know, erosion you got to account for. And there's, you know, like this and the other thing there's, there's, you know, there's leaching you have to, you know, be ready for. And so like that level of, of, you know, commitment to a, you know, to, to an industry, to a, you know, to a business that potentially could just, you know, go up in, in flames in, in a single day and you wouldn't have anything to do against it is it's almost incredible that people just, you know, do that at all. I mean, obviously it has to get done because we need food, but why anyone would want to do that or, or even do research on that kind of stuff just because of the level of, of uncertainty is in there is just, it's, it's, it's kind of astounding. Yeah. It's astonishing that, <laughs> that people do that. And like, that's, that is just, what's crazy to me is like, you could have like a tornado or mm -hmm. a really bad storm or a drought. And it's just like, I like, it's hard for me to come up with like another job that is just, I mean, other nature related jobs. So like, you know, fishing, maybe um, mm. stuff like that. But like, that is so dependent on your environment. Whereas like mine is like, do I have Wi-Fi? <laughs> like, <laughs> cool. I can do my job. Like, there right. you go. You know, do I have a microphone? Cool. <laughs> like, right. It's crazy. Yeah. So thank you, farmers, and like say thank you to farmers if you meet them. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it really is insane. The level of you know the the level of uncertainty they go into every day because that's that's kind of a big thing too. Is I've talked to some people who are you know they're very business conscious and you know they have they have a, a good understanding of, of business and they just they they have a hard time comprehending how farmers you know, could go out one day and their field be perfectly fine. And the next day they have no crops left just because, you know, natural disasters happen. Or like you mentioned, there's drought or, you know, a freeze happens overnight and kills their entire crop. Or like, you know, there's, there's so much to account for that it's, it's, you know, it's kind of incredible that anything gets done in agriculture. But at the same time, agriculture has been practiced for so long that we know so much more on how to prevent that stuff. And we're constantly updating ways to, to keep some of those, some, some of those things from happening. I mean, like you mentioned, we are, we're, we're developing crops that are more resistant to certain types of, of issues like that, or, you know, like there's so much environmental research being done on, uh, soil erosion and, and on, on, uh, you know, just soil nutrition in general, because that's a big thing that is, I, I think somewhat of a newer development in science is, is our understanding of how, you know, important soil is to agricultural health and, and, you know, how, how vital soil is in general to just being able to, to farm and to do pretty much anything we do in, in, in reality. Um, so I think that's kind of, that's kind of amazing. I don't know if you've, you know, if, if you come across that conclusion about how, you know, how, how vital soil is to everything around us pretty much, but that's, that's what, that's what I've been kind of learning. Oh, huge. <laughs> it's hugely <laughs> important. Crazy important. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I, I've, I've learned recently that, you know, soil, like even like the earliest civilizations, because, you know, I've, I've preached before on this podcast, that agriculture was the founding, basically the founding father of, of civilization, like the, the first society was founded because of agriculture, pretty much. And since then, like the earliest civilizations, like, you know, since their since their earliest form of, of written communication, basically, we've we've known that they've had a deep tie in with the soil, like even even they realized without soil, you don't get food. Like you have to have a healthy ground or else you're not gonna be able to grow, grow any, anything to eat. And like, you know, it seems like over, over the years, we've kind of like lost that. And then now we're getting it back in, but now we're realizing just how important it is. Cause it's not just, you know, you won't have anywhere to plant anything. It's that, you know, if, 
if the thing that you're planting it in does not have the proper nutrients available or the proper temperature or the proper, you know, moisture content, or, you know, like if, if just one, you know, one little variable is off, it throws off your entire operation. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy just how sensitive it can be. Yeah, totally. It is a, uh, yeah, it's, it is so crucial. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> yeah. So no, I wasn't sure, you know, kind of one of the things I, th I found interesting about what you're doing is, you know, you're having conversations with these researchers, you're learning about, you know, what it is that they're that they're looking into. And, you know, I've I've talked to a, a couple of different, you know, uh, agricultural, especially environmental scientists and that kind of thing. People don't tend to realize just how deeply connected agriculture is to the environment. People tend to think that, you know, agriculture and the environment are kind of enemies. They really rely on each other like a lot. You know, the environment benefits from agriculture in a lot of ways and in other ways it, it, it's hurt by it but agriculture heavily 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 relies on the environment to be steady for it to be able to to do anything it does um i, I don't know you know have have you kind of you know learned anything you know from these researchers about just like you know i know we already kind of talked about like the natural disaster thing and like the soil health and that kind of stuff but is there anything in particular that that really you know threw you for a loop when you learned about it in terms of like the environment kind of screwing over agriculture for lack of a better word um well i mean i'm usually like wowed by <laughs> by like everything <laughs> that that i learn um i think speaking more to like the environmental science and i know soil science was something in particular you were hoping to focus on mm -hmm. i i don't know that i would say like that there's i mean look Again, admitting that like I don't have the historical background on these relationships or whatever. Um, but if there is animosity between the two, there shouldn't be, <laughs> I guess, is what is what I would my uh, like just Abby, not society, not <laughs> scientific like uh, opinion so, <laughs> is that like they're super intertwined and so like some of the things that we see in our show <clears throat> pardon me is uh like the fact that it's like y'all we need to like do better with the land that we have <laughs> and like I think um again this might be me spreading nonsense so please correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like in the past a lot of the strategy has been like we'll just like make more land farmland <laughs> like mm. if you need more food just make more farmland and as like but the earth only has so much land so that's mm. not like an infinite strategy and so a lot of the science that we see coming through our societies is like how do we get more out of the land you know mm. and that that starts to get into territory where many people have many different opinions. So I <laughs> I don't have a firm one myself. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, whether that is, you know, better managing the nutrients, that's something I think everybody can agree on is, you know, if you don't need to put the nutrients there, then like, don't, <laughs> you, you don't have to do that. Um, or, you know, better uh, stewardship of the soil is like mm -hmm. a big thing. Um, because that is where a lot of the nutrients are obviously coming from and going back to. Um, and really, you know, soil specifically does serve as, as so foundational, you know, insert ground joke <laughs> there, I guess. 
Um, but it is so foundational because, you know, erosion and uh, nutrients and runoff, like all of those are, you know, and like I mentioned earlier, like the runoff that causes algal blooms and, mm. you know, all of those environmental aspects are all tied into the soil. And so that's like, that is a resource that we really need to protect. And we recently had um, Dr. Ratan Lal um, on the show and he, like his whole jam is soil health. Like that is his bread and butter. And uh, he just won the world food prize this year, which is basically like the Nobel prize for agriculture because the Nobel prize like can't have one for agriculture. Um, uh, Cause it like wasn't in their original, like what was stipulated for what they could have. Um, wow. It's not like they're just like, I don't want one. <laughs> they're like, we want one. But we just, we literally can't add new categories or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so now we have the world food prize, which is uh, founded by Norman Borlaug. Uh, cause he did want to have a Nobel prize rag. Uh, so they just made one themselves, <laughs> which is great. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so Rashan won this year. And so we had him on the show that was like, so humbling and amazing. He's just like, everything he says is just so profound and wise. Uh, you just want to like sit and listen to him for hours. And like, he is, he is like, guys like it's all connected <laughs> like <laughs> that that is his jam is like this holistic approach and he talked a lot about how you know when you strip resources out of a soil like it's way harder to like deal with the repercussions of that than it is to just try to like take care of it from the mm -hmm. start you know and so you know we've obviously seen like like the dust bowl was a huge example of like erosion and the nutrients like being you know stripped away and obviously that had terrible repercussions. And so if we pay attention to, you know, the environment and take care of it to start with, you know, then, you know, there's there are people who are like, well, if you take care of the land better and like use things like precision agriculture where um, sorry, this is a bit of a ramble, but they're <laughs> like, if you use precision agriculture, which is basically like, hey, if you have that one part of your field that floods every single year like maybe just don't bother <laughs> like why are you putting seed there if you know it's gonna die anyway like so mm. you know or or using the topography of the land to like better uh do farming <laughs> such a <laughs> so articulate um do farming better uh <laughs> that you know but if you are using that or like using the history of like where have there been uh, fertilizer input inputs or nutrient inputs before so that you're not like stacking more nutrients where you're probably maybe fine in that spot. Like mm -hmm. all of those strategies are, are good ways that are tend to be in my unscientific understanding <laughs> again, not the, not the pro, um, you know, those tend to be kind of more beneficial for, for the environment. Like another really good example is like buffer strips. So they're like, if you are near um, like a stream, uh, you know, maybe plant some plants there that are going to keep the nutrients from like running out of your field. So you're not wasting money. And it also has the environmental benefit of like not putting fertilizer into the stream or those nutrients that, you know, uh, algae or what whatever organism you're trying to avoid might feed off of. Um, so really trying to partner um, some of these scientific advances, like you said, um, be that precision agriculture um, or just like 
regenerative agriculture is is a good uh, like buzzword, I guess. Um, integrated pest management uh, is something we're going to be talking about on our show a lot um, in this little season here of like, instead of just spraying pesticides on a schedule, like be like, oh, well, like, do we need to though? Like, are there actually that many like pests right now? And if there's not, then we could maybe just like suffer a little bit of a yield loss, but you know, not kill beneficial insects by spraying a pesticide, you know, anything like that. Um, are, are things that I have learned as far as the like environment and also farming, uh, knitting together, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Well, it definitely sounds like you've learned quite a bit. I mean, th- those are all topics that we've discussed somewhat briefly here on the podcast before, but they're definitely really important to, you know, to have conversations about, like, like you mentioned, you know, a big one that I've, I've run into a few times is people asking like, okay, well, what's, what's so bad about like urban development? I always have to explain to them like, well, if you have to develop more city, you have to take away more farmland and more environmental land and all that kind of stuff. And like, okay, well, if we run out of farmland, we could just take down some parts of the city and build farmland again, right? It's like, it doesn't really work that way, but it's, I don't think you realize, like it takes, you know, 200 to 400 years for topsoil to, just like a centimeter of topsoil to reform. Like it doesn't, doesn't really happen overnight. You don't, you don't just get that soil back. So if you, you know, if you destroy the, the ecosystem of that soil, you're done. You know, you're not getting, you're not getting another, another farm there for, for a while, you know? So it's, 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 it's vitally important that, that we have these conversations. And this is a big portion of, of the, you know, the reason behind the podcast is to have, you know, a better, a better conversation with the consumer about why preserving land for, for both agricultural use and for environmental use is so important. You know, not that urbanization is, you know, necessarily the worst thing we don't, you know, we don't want people to, to not have housing if they need housing. But if we're, if we're destroying more land than we're, than we're utilizing, then we're starting to have an issue. And so I, I would talk to them about that. And I would talk to them about like, you know, what, like basically what can we do about it? Cause like you, like you hear some arguments about like, you know, how we could just get rid of all of the, all of like the animal agriculture and just produce, uh, you know, crop-based agriculture for, you know, cause it, it would produce more of a yield. Okay. Well, yeah, for one, it, it's not going to feed as many people though. And for two, not all land can grow crops and not all land can grow the same crops. And so that was like, that's a big conversational barrier that, that tends to get left out is that, you know, land isn't universal. Like land has, has certain level of nutrients available. You know, soil has, has different levels of, you know, of fertility for different types of crops. That's why some soil, you know, some, some parts of, of like I, I live in California, for example, you know, we're, we're very agriculturally productive we have very fertile soils, but we can't grow the same crops in different parts of the state. You know, I live in the Central Valley. We're not going to grow strawberries here, but we can grow them up, you know, by the coastline where the where the soil fits their needed environment. And so, you know, having those conversations with people, and this kind of goes back to your, you know, scientific literacy kind of thing that that you were talking about, having the conversations with people to help them understand why, you know, this this preservation of of land for agricultural and for environmental use is so important could be a big step towards kind of improving the relationship between consumer and producer and also improving the relationship that would help, you know, innovate some of those new technologies that are kind of helping out with, with agricultural production that, that helps them stay more, you know, holistic. And that's kind of something I've noticed too, is that holistic agriculture, regenerative agriculture, whatever you want to call it, 
is such, you know, it's, it's definitely got its beneficial factors and the technology that's being incorporated today has its beneficial factors, but they're not being incorporated together as often as I, as I think that they should be. Like we almost need to combine like old methods of agriculture and future methods of agriculture in order to get the best of both worlds, you know, use like precision agriculture, like you were talking about, because we have tons of new precision technology coming out. I did an interview with field in and they have all kinds of new precision agriculture ag, ag tech that they've been unveiling and that kind of stuff and combine it with holistic methods with, you know, partnerships with like, you know, environmental scientists and just kind of like put everyone's heads together on this thing instead of just trying to see who could figure out the fastest basically. And I think we might have kind of a better, you know, a better long-term result that way. I don't know if that's, if, if you agree or not. I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that speaks to a lot of what we're hoping to do on the podcast is building those relationships um, because each part is crucial. And when it is so in, you know, so intertwined, like, um, you know, each, each part really does impact the other. And so I, I love, I, I mean, I also just love collaboration in general. Like I, I really, really like it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I think I I totally agree that, you know, working together and building those partnerships, which, you know, again is like really complicated and it's like not always easy because it it is hard to have someone who is like um, you know, a PhD in soil physics be able to translate those to like the the everyday layperson, you know, and again, not because of intelligence, but mm -hmm. just because of of discipline and what you put your time into um, to, to learn basically. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I would probably never be at that level. Um, cause that's not my strong suit, but that's okay. Cause I have other things that I'm good at. So that's someone else can, uh, take, take that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely, like you mentioned, it's, it's important that we establish these relationships in terms of, you know, not just the relationships between the like the environmental scientists and the farmers and you know the people involved in actually producing the food, but in having the conversations like you and I are having, you know, with consumers, with people who are going to be making these decisions, because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's going to be their choice whether or not a lot of this stuff gets done. You know, their you know their purchasing decisions, their voting decisions, their general you know. Uh, their, their general attitude towards these new technologies and new sciences are, are going to be what determines a lot of this kind of stuff. I mean, we've seen in other countries that modern agricultural technology and sciences are even, you know, completely outlawed just because the, the, the citizens aren't, aren't totally on board with it. Like if that kind of stuff happens here, just because people don't really know what's going on, then, you know, that's not, that's not the farmer's fault. It's not the scientist's fault. It's our fault for not telling them what's going on. You know, we, we need to help, we need to help them make sure that they're not only in the loop, but it's going to help them. It's going to benefit them that they're going to enjoy it. And that it's, you know, it's, it's something that they, that we need their help with too. You know, that getting them in on the loop might be kind of the, the ticket to kind of getting this thing going. And I think that's kind of, you know, the purpose behind both of our, both of our podcasts is to try to unite again, not just the science and ag worlds, but every, every, potential world we can into into one into one conversation mm -hmm. yeah totally <laughs> awesome i think those are you know that that's kind of a good uh a good foundation for what i was wanting to to get across i don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add to that or any other questions or, or comments you wanted to make uh no i think that's pretty thorough i mean if if people want to talk to me more about stuff always happy to to provide an opinion that <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be helpful. 
Awesome. Well, yeah, no, I, I think I definitely think that, you know, your podcast provides a lot of great information on a lot of different aspects of science and, you know, research and that kind of stuff. So if people want to reach out to you or, or want to learn more about what you, what it is you do, if they want to listen to your podcast or any of that kind of stuff, where where can they uh, where can they find you? Sure. So uh, the podcast is called Field Lab Earth. Uh, we do have a Twitter account, which is this, the same, <laughs> uh, Field Lab Earth. And uh, that is kind of our main location social media-wise. Um, so you can DM us there. You can email us at podcast at sciencesocieties.org. Um, that's plural on societies. Uh, for that one, uh, you can all, as far as the podcast itself, you can find it uh, pretty much anywhere that you find your podcast. We have... Uh, a, a specific website for us, but anywhere, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, anywhere you want to want to give a listen, we'll probably be there. And if we're not, let us know and we'll figure out a way to join you in your little sphere or big sphere, <laughs> wherever you are. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have all the links down in the description so you guys can go check out Abby's podcast. I know I definitely have enjoyed listening to the episodes I've listened to, which I mean, science nerd, so I guess that makes sense. Um, but no, it's definitely it's a good time. And if you guys enjoy this podcast, you'll definitely enjoy that one. It's got a lot of great information on there, um, especially if you're a fan of more of the, you know, the the higher level uh, conversations that we have on on here. It's it's definitely some some good stuff. And like I mentioned, it's it's important that you guys learn about this kind of stuff too, and that you're involved in the conversation because this is your future we're talking about. So um, yeah, I think that's you know I think that's that's a a good good place to start and a good place to stop. And uh, that's all I that's all I can think of. So thanks again, Abby, for coming on the podcast. It was definitely a lot of fun uh, having this conversation with you. Great. So happy uh, that you invited me. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of fun. So, you know, thanks again. Thanks to all my listeners for tuning in and for all the supporters that, that help out with this podcast. You guys know where to find me on all my social medias all, all over, you know, anywhere you find podcasts, just look up Talk Ag to me and you'll be able to reach out to me if you guys have any ideas for episodes. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please, you know, reach out and we'll be happy to, to respond to you. But that's it. So I hope you guys, you know, join, in, join us for uh, next week's episode. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. <laughs>